Welcome to a new month, friends, an entirely new season for this podcast. This month, I really would like to focus a lot more on mindfulness, kind of the science behind the health and the happiness of it, tuning into our bodies, explaining truly what it is to practice slow eating, the power of it. And I want to sprinkle in a few meditations along the way this entire month. So while we won't be doing a 30-day challenge or um, a daily task per se, we will be practicing mindfulness. Little things that we can do to sprinkle in throughout our days. So I truly hope that you enjoy this entire month, this series of mindfulness with me. nothing necessarily religious about mindfulness. You don't have to follow a deity or a dogma to focus your attention on your body and your mind. But being contemplative plays a role in most of the leading religions, in case you didn't know. We see the traces of meditative consciousness throughout almost all faiths. And today's mindfulness revolution, with its earliest roots in Buddhism, actually, have caused people of all faiths to kind of re-examine their own traditions, looking for parallel types of practices, or to possibly import Buddhist-originated mindfulness and domesticate it. So it becomes Jewish or Christian or Muslim. So today I really want to talk about the religion that plays a role in mindfulness and this mindfulness movement. Sometime between the 6th and 4th centuries BC in northern eastern India, the prince Siddhartha wandered beyond his palace and discovered rampant anguish. So disheartened by this, he left his home and sat under a fig tree, resolving to meditate until he discovered a solution to suffering. And after a long period, he became the enlightened Buddha. The traditions that sprang up around this story are the inspiration for the way mindfulness is practiced today. Because meditation was primarily and originally practiced by monks, But between the 18th and the 20th centuries, when Southeast Asia was being colonized by Christians, the lay public was encouraged to participate in an effort to preserve the Buddhist faith. And that was the beginning of mindfulness for the masses. Today, Buddhists worldwide continue to meditate daily, often in the mornings though. Most important, modern Buddhists attempt to carry that mindset throughout their day in the way that they eat, 
the way that they work, the way that they interact with others. Some of the common tools of mindfulness come from Buddhists who meditate and use hand symbols or singing bowls. So that's a little bit about Buddhism. Let's move on to a little bit of Hinduism. See, Hinduism encompasses a very large and diverse collection of traditions. While these groups don't share the exact same deities and philosophies, meditation is the common thread that they have. See, even before the advent of Buddhism, the Sanskrit collection of sacred Hindu texts known as the Vedas was being written between 1500 and 500 BC. These writings contain some of the world's oldest records of mantras, yoga, and meditation, which Hinduism teaches us. It's the way to achieve a state of pure self-awareness. And then there's Judaism. A central practice of Judaism is the observance of Shabbat, the commandment of resting for one day each week. Like mindfulness, the ritual is a restorative exercise. Mindfulness has long been a part of Judaism with links to the ancient scholars of the faith, but the tradition had fallen out of favor by the 1970s, I think, as mystical practices were considered too difficult for the average person. (laughs) But that changed again in the late 1970s when Jewish leaders tried to incorporate a kosher, user-friendly version of mindfulness. And the connection was really not hard to make. You know, in scripture, we see all these allusions to the great Jewish leaders being shepherds. Why? Well, because they were able to sit contemplatively in the fields and be mindful. Today, certain sects following ancient tradition practice an informal period of mindfulness outside before even entering the synagogue to pray. Some Jews use the Hebrew equivalent of mantras, repeating words like etched, being one in place of om, and others use a shaviti. It's an illustration used for visualization, contemplation, and meditation. Now let's move on to one that is really generalizing, Christianity. Contemplation. The foundation of Christian mysticism is a great example of mindful practice. Although its purpose is more about focusing your attention to achieve unity with God than to promote wellness, it still does resemble modern mindfulness in its emphasis on concentration. Historically, A monastic practice, contemplation is increasingly becoming part of modern-day life. And many Christian rituals require intense focus. Roman Catholics use the rosary as a tool to aid in concentration. The beads aid individuals or groups in reciting prayers while focusing on mysteries or moments of Jesus' life. Another practice called adoration involves solemnly meditating on the Eucharist, the Christian sacrament of bread and wine, and group singing. That's a common element of Christian and other religious worship. 
it sometimes offers the brain benefits as mindfulness does, right? Including relief from stress and depression. And if you think about it, when a group gets together and starts to sing a hymn, they essentially form this guided breath together and they kind of sync up their heart rates. But less ancient varieties of Christianity do tend to emphasize focusing on the present as well. For Quakers, stillness and silence are a core aspect of worship. Quaker friends use the term concentrating down to describe quieting the mind at the opening of a meeting. I mean, true centering down transcends worship. It is to bring one's entire life into a place of listening and learning. Let's move on to Islam. See, mindfulness is so central to Islam that the originator of the faith was in fact in a state of meditation at the outset of his ministry. In AD 610, a 40-year-old Muhammad was spending time alone in a cave near Mecca, concerned about injustices in society. One night, as he meditated, the angel Gabriel appeared, giving the prophet his first revelation. Meditation remains a big part of Muslim life. Five times each day, adherents perform salat, a worship ritual involving a series of postures. And some Muslims liken the physical sequence of standing, raising arms, bending, lying prostrate, and kneeling to something like yoga. Some have actually found that practicing Salat regularly may actually decrease anxiety and cardiovascular risk. These are some of the same benefits that we also see in yoga. Whirling is another form of mindful movement. It's practiced by dervishes in the Sufi tradition of Islam. They believe the ritual brings them closer to God. I hope that talking about the different religions, the faith factor of mindfulness and this movement has helped you in your mindfulness practice today. We took a little crash course in world religions, which I feel will help us to understand where mindfulness, meditation, and yoga all come together. It's not one particular religion, but it's sprinkled in every religion.